Welcome to Controversy Over Coffee with your hosts, Matt and Amanda. Listen in as we sit down and dive into some of the most compelling and bingeable things we've been watching and listening to. Grab a cup of coffee, relax, and enjoy. Emergency Controversy Over Coffee episode. (laughs) We just watched Seaspiracy, the new Netflix documentary about the conspiracy to overtake the sea. (laughs) I don't know if that was what it was about, but yes. What? We were really interested in watching this. Me in particular, I studied marine and coastal sciences at UC Davis, so this documentary hit about every big issue that my major focused on. So it was all over the place. Oh, it was all over the place. When I mean every issue, my major focused on like from plastic pollution to overfishing to um, human rights. Like it was pretty wild. Trash. Trash. Yes. Yeah. It It was interesting. There's just so many things going on that it didn't really have like a good consistent storyline other than there's a lot of problems with the sea i think what i got from it was yeah it was kind of going all over the place just jumping from whaling to plastic pollution to back to dolphins but i think that by the end of the documentary the big main takeaway was that sustainable fishing is not possible, which I thought was like pretty uh, controversial. Controversy over coffee. <laughs> yeah, there's some. He was throwing around some just wild facts, like the, the amount of just mind-boggling facts that were dropped was crazy. I remember one was like the Scottish sea farming industry produces as much pollution, like more pollution than the humans on scotland do i believe it yeah no but and i was more surprised by the like things he was saying about how in like intricate like and connected the sustainable ngos and stuff are with like the fishing and how there's some big scheme going on in the background of like uh, the dolphin safe tuna they yeah are actually involved with the fisheries and lying and putting these labels on things that aren't actually sustainable <laughs> they were asking the head of the dolphin safe l- labeling in an interrogation like he just murdered someone it was like <laughs> asking the hard-hitting questions i know it was a really dramatic like Can you verify that every can of dolphin safe tuna was really dolphin safe. <laughs> I actually saw, I was looking up stuff afterwards about how these companies are really upset by this documentary and saying, this was totally taken out of like proportion or it was distorted and stuff to make it look like we were trying to not answer or um, trying to mislead them and stuff. And they're like, Actually, one said, I have a lot to say that didn't get in there, but I won't. Like, it seems like. So you have nothing to say. (laughs) But it seems like there's some upset organizations and companies 
Yeah. Well, it was really like a one man kind of production. At least that's what it made it seem like it was just one dude. Um, so. Well, it's kind of understandable that people maybe were jumping into it too quick, but it, it's kind of understandable that people are little rubbed the wrong way about this because he kind of like was really trying to expose these companies that are supposed to be doing the, the work, the sustainability. And it's like, like, I don't know, there's different people to focus on than the actual companies like Dolphin Safe. Yeah, exactly. He was, he, he kind of had an angle, like he had an ax to grind before he had even proven anything. Like he walked into the Mitsubishi headquarters in Japan and like demanded an interview and he was like, and then they refused the interview. But it's like, you just <laughs> walked in to the headquarters of a major multinational company uninvited. And he's just and this random like, guy. And they're expecting to like get an interview. It's not going to happen. Exactly. He was just this, he seemed like maybe he was in his late twenties or early thirties, just like one man show, like packed up everything and flew to Thailand or something like, yeah, I don't know what he was expecting. <laughs> yeah. Well the whole, and the whole thing about like dragnet fishing and like the amount of animals that are caught in the crossfire of these fishing practices, that was pretty eye opening. Yeah. That's a huge, huge problem that I've learned a lot about trawling and the bycatch from that. That is a major issue. I even knowing a lot about that, I was pretty surprised to see those graphics of like the thousand soccer fields on the butt, like the how yeah. much that those nets. And are- it, there was one that was like, for every like one bluefin tuna caught, there's like thirty dolphins killed or something, like in the process. I know some of those not are- exact numbers, but <laughs> something like that. roughly around there. Yeah, but I okay so. We could go crazy back and forth about all the things in this documentary, but let's give a little bit of a context of started out. This guy was really interested in the oceans and grew up loving going to SeaWorld and stuff. And so he had the opportunity to um, go to, I think it was, is it Thailand or Taiwan to see the um, dolphin hunting that's done there. Um, Many people. Many people have probably seen that before, that bay that mm-hmm. they kind of um, shepherd the dolphins into to like really terrible like slaughter of these dolphins. And it is mostly done to because the dolphins are competition for them in the fishery. <laughs> they Yeah, well there was kind of a second read between the lines point around that. It was like well, they kill the dolphin. There's no market for dolphin meat. So they just kill the dolphins because the dolphins eat too many fish and they need to catch fish. But then they went to the fishery and they were catching all these bluefin tuna and stuff that maybe dolphins kind of aren't a predator of. And so it was kind of, it wasn't a good justification. Right. Basically. Yeah, it seemed like really pointless slaughter of these animals and things. And But it was interesting with the documentary. These guys are like up in the hills, like hiding or... And the police were following them. Like it, se- it made it seem very... 
like sea spiracy, like very dangerous and which when you think about it, it's a huge fishing is a huge, huge industry. And that's another reason why I thought this the message from this documentary was uh, a little bit dramatic because there won't be a world where fisheries don't exist. He was saying, we just all need to stop eating fish and that's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, they would, he was saying that in like the 1800s, they would just send a ship out with like two big nets and be able to catch like four tons of halibut per day. And now over the whole like halibut industry, like large fishing companies like can't catch that much in months well yeah because the, so they're just the populations aren't there of like a lot of these fish that's why sustainable fishing and these companies and ngos that are trying to figure out ways it's so important because that's true the fish stocks are basically depleted and as they said in the documentary without these fish and these that run these ecosystems and these food the triangle the food chain there will be a collapse of ocean ecosystems, which is a domino effect too. Yeah. So my answer to that would be why can't we just farm the fish? That's what they talked about as well in the documentary is farming fish is like a big, big industry right now. That's what they are trying to do, which seems sustainable, but there's also issues there of habitat destruction in building these huge fish farms also the contamination of growing raising fish that way so i guess what if you just instead of like doing the fish farming in the actual ocean what if they built like saltwater tanks where they did the fish farming in and then could somehow like filter the water and dispose of the waste is that a thing you didn't really touch on that yeah, I didn't really touch on that. I feel like that is a thing. That farming fish is like already a huge thing. And I don't think it's just in the ocean, like building these big contraptions there. But I think there's just more issues of feeding them, fe- like feeding the farmed fish is a whole other environmental issue of producing that food and the carbon footprint of that. And basically, there's not really a foolproof solution yet to the overfishing, sustainable fishing issue that we have. Well, and another one was like that the fish were just in absolutely gross condition, like because they're literally swimming in circles in like a tank and right. they're like diseased and like... That's the whole contamination thing. And that's also a big issue with... That's gross when you think about like, that's the fish that you eat Mm -hmm. they're just swimming around in like the waste of the other fish well that's a whole other thing getting people to wrap their head around oh i want to buy from trader joe's this wild caught salmon that was swimming freely on its own and found over a farmed fish but there's issues both ways and that yeah and the another issue with the farming fish is it actually has um, implications on wild fish because as you're talking about the diseases and just the poor conditions, some will get out and mix with the wild population. Some of these diseases will pass on to the wild population. So 
it's it's a mess <laughs> right and then the, at the end they had that really gruesome scene out of scotland the sustainable whaling yeah where they this small town of of people basically go out every few months and drive their boats and herd the whales to the shore and get them to the beach and then kill them i guess it was a spe- it's gruesome it's like an absolutely bloodbath like oh a yeah literal it looked like bath. the the what's that uh book like the battle of the pigs or <laughs> yeah. it looked like it looked like kill bill when uma thurman oh yeah slices up the house full of uh ninja warriors yeah it was it was brutal and but they said that since there were so many of that whale species that they were um basically hunting that that was the most sustainable way to do it have one day or something picked out every few months where it's like all everyone can come down and do that and it kind of keeps the surrounding area sustainable at a sustainable level of stock of that whale species yeah and they had that interview with the actual whaler at the end who had a very interesting perspective and he said well think of it this way if i kill a chicken that i'm taking one life for not that much meat but if i kill a whale i'm taking one life for enough meat to feed multiple people for weeks or something like that interesting yeah argument to think about it it was just something i had never even seen like didn't even know that was like happening don't really understand how it's sustainable but it was funny how like one of these big organizations like websites had on it like sustainable whaling like i don't think i ever would even put those two words together there's a reason whaling was banned in i think the 70s um but and they had the guys from whale watchers if if anyone out there remembers that discovery channel show i i when i was you know 10 years old that was like my favorite show i would i would watch that show (laughs) on rerun because it was like the sea shepherds on their on their vigilante boat going out and hunting the whalers in the antarctic sea and it was super high drama they were always like confronting the whalers like ramming their boat into the the whalers boat and chasing them down and and they had those guys in this documentary so that was a blast from the past were were those was that exact boat the one that was in whale watchers the yeah. sea, sea shepherds yeah and it was the same guy too like the captain with the old gray hair oh i didn't even know that i had i didn't ever watch whale watchers but right when i saw that scene of the or maybe it wasn't called whale watchers it was called like something else yeah but yeah you get the point the discovery and, channel show and but when i first saw that and i was like oh my gosh this guy has this big boat that has like shark teeth on the side of it like it looks like a race car driving like oh, yeah. boat or something like super intense and theatric and he's literally going around and just kind of keeping a watchful eye and they'll literally like ram into boats and stuff i know maybe they should make their boat like a little more inconspicuous <laughs> i i saw that and i texted you and i was like 
I'm interested in environmental law. I'm like, what if I, I went on their website and they have a whole legal team and stuff. I'm like, what if I get an internship with the Sea Shepherds and I'm out on those boats? (laughs) Hey, if you guys are listening, (laughs) I'll I'll send you an email. Yeah, I don't think the lawyers did the work from the boat, but. Yeah, I wouldn't have like a little cubicle. (laughs) I mean, they take their lunch break and they're shooting cannonballs into the, <laughs> into the whaling vessels yeah i probably would work remotely i'm guessing yeah unfortunately <laughs> yeah what were some other things from that documentary there's just so much an important thing that the the deep sea the blue water horizon oil spill and like mm-hmm. talking about how that created created a relatively like low it was actually good for the fishing community because they couldn't fish so the fish kind of replenished themselves because no one wanted to go in there and fish for possibly contaminated populations right but they were saying like it actually wasn't that much oil compared to like the area that they couldn't fish in so the fish had a net benefit from that interesting i know the aspect of just pollution in general that they talked about the plastic pollution and those just terrible things of whales washing up on a beach with their stomach like full of plastic and the fishing nets is the main cause and i i had always known that and i'm like are there really people out there on these fishing boats that are just like ah this this net has a hole in it. Well, uh, they all have holes in them. But <laughs> this net's rusted or doesn't work anymore. Let's just toss it over the side. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. th- that's like one of the leading pollution is fishing nets, fishing gear that's been tossed over the side of boats. I'm like, how is that even happening? Like, who's really out there doing that? And it all just, yeah, ends up in the wildlife and stuff. But... And the microplastics, too. They're saying, like, there's so much plastic in the ocean, like, even if there's not ever another piece of plastic made, that it would still be there for forever. Well, that's a whole... That's an interesting thing, because microplastics are so small, and there's so much of it. Like, it, the documentary did a yeah. great job at pointing out just how abundant. And when you think about it, microplastics are in if you eat fish you're eating yep it's in us by now it's like they are it's everywhere and the mercury yeah and other things i know well it's just bioaccumulation you'd be naive to think that these things are not circulating through the tap water we drink it's they're so small and abundant and it's man-made it's these plastics that we've created and yeah yeah it's hard to fathom how you can reconcile and deal with that issue yeah so overall i think the documentary did a lot of quick hits on issues and gives you a lot to think about but didn't solve any issues and but did a good job in raising awareness overall and the many different issues plaguing the ocean right i think overall it hit on the major issues and did raise awareness i think it's important to also question okay fine there's it there's problems with sustainability and stuff but it's almost 
what's the greater evil like you you have to fight some way we're working towards progress in some way and yeah i guess you gotta make trade-offs <laughs> yeah there's definitely trade-offs in the fishing industry and that's a whole other thing of environmental justice and but we need the sea yes overall i think it was a really informational and a good thing to watch if you are just curious about what you can do or just what is going on with um the environment and the ocean in particular and with climate change and everything these things are really important to yeah. pay attention to yep the sea is like the number one store of carbon and that was a big point so with that i think we will wrap up our emergency episode of controversy over coffee regarding the seaspiracy documentary on netflix that everyone should go check out thank you for joining us and we will see you next wednesday